Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Richard Herring. Hello, friends. Hello, welcome. Amusing myself by saying stupid things on my way up here. Um, hello, welcome to Richard Herring's Edinburgh Fringe Podcast, or as many of the cool kids have started to call it recently, Ref. Well, yeah, it's not that not that many cool kids in today. A lot of Alexi Sale fans in, I'm guessing, who will be bamboozled by what's about to uh, come up. But it's going to be fun. Um, it's kind of good. This is like now. This is the second last month after today. It'll just be one of each day left till the end of the fringe. It's exciting for me. It's gone very fast this year for me, and I've remained quite chipper, which is annoying to the people at home who like to hear me having a breakdown doing one of these every. day. It is quite hard doing one of these every day. I have to tell you. And I'm surprised I've remained... And we're slightly tired today, uh, both me and Alexi, who's backstage. Um, uh, the, uh, my, oh, the, yeah, I haven't really got any material about that. All I've written down is Princess Di, murdered, question mark. <laughs> and I thought, yeah, I'll do something about that. I reckon, I reckon she was murdered. What do you think? Yeah, probably. Yeah, that bloke thinks it as well, so that's two... 100% of the people so far surveyed, surveyed think... Uh, she probably was, wasn't she? I mean, it's just... Uh, out of all the conspiracy theories, that's the only one that I think, yeah, probably. And it's just so suspicious. Oh, it just happened to be in a car crash in a tunnel where no one could see. Uh, loads of people f- photographing it, but no one's got any shots, and they've all died. <laughs> when they turn up in a wood dead, that's a bit weird, isn't it? When that happens, when a photographer, paparazzi... I mean, I'm delighted. Uh, but... Um, see, we've got something out of it without writing. You don't need to write anything. Uh, and... Uh, just babble on until an offensive joke comes out uh, and uh, if you've been following the uh, my, I did talk about this last week I think I can't remember maybe it was just to myself in a room uh, I can't remember what's been podcasted and what's real anymore uh, but I had, I've had a fly I had a fly here that was bothering me and a fly in my flat that was bothering me I thought it might be the same fly uh, but we'll see because I've killed the one finally I've killed the one it took me six days I think to kill this fly and I was really trying to and I tried a humane approach I would leave like the door, front door open hoping it would go out there which is risky because that risks letting in more flies and I opened the window to let it out there but it, did, it stayed in the flat it wouldn't escape and it kept on just but wherever I was it would it loved me it wanted to be around me uh, and it just buzzed in my face and really annoyed me and then uh, uh, my wife had been trying to kill it with deodorant which I said was foolish it would just refresh it if anything wouldn't it make it make it more attractive to any other. It was a lonely fly. I felt sorry for its loneliness. It's just on its own. Uh, but yesterday it was in the kitchen. We were having uh, some soup and it annoyed me and I got some jiff or sif. I think it might now be called. And I squirted it in the face with that. And uh, that more or less did the trick. And then I stamped on it. And then, then I felt really, really guilty. I'd, it'd become a friend. It's like, it's like if I'd killed Ben Moore in the same way. Actually, that wasn't a very good example. That wouldn't be... No one would care about that either. Uh, so, <laughs> no Colin today. Colin's not in, which is a disappointment for Colin fans. Uh, I hope he's all right. If Colin uh, is listening, I don't know if he listens to them or he just comes and sits and looks threatening and strange. Uh, do come to the last one, Colin. We'll give you a present if you come to the last one. So that's just a message for Colin. Because he's been good value. He's been uh, very good value, but I'm sorry he's not here. Having a cup of coffee or tea? Is it, is it tea or coffee? Is it coffee? It looks like he's got a little tea bag in there. That's no, just some foam on the top. It's just the stand, some scum on the top of it. It's off. Don't ever drink anything here. There. Now, what am, I, what am I saying? It's lovely. They're so lovely. everyone's so lovely, and the bar staff are wonderful. In the, is it nice coffee? Yeah, it is nice coffee at the stand. So there you go. Whew. Could have been sacked. I could have been sacked. 
so look, I think we know why we're all here, so let's I'll shut up. Uh, will you please welcome a man who is best known as the narrator on Olive the Ostrich? That's why we're all here. <laughs> That's why we're all here. Will you please welcome Alexi Sale, ladies and gentlemen? Hopefully, there he is. There's a microphone. You sit down, make yourself at home. And it feels odd saying this to a, a, a comedian of your stature, and uh, but talk into the microphone quite closely so the people at home can hear because they get annoyed. Uh, I'm a, I have a feeling you're going to be audible, Alexi, but we'll see. I hope so. Yeah, <laughs> we'll see. How, how, was, uh, how is your work on... We'll get all the Olive the Ostrich stuff out of the way first because that's why everyone's here, then we can talk about more... <laughs> More I, obscure um, work. Well, the, Olive the, uh, <laughs> the uh, Olive the Ostrich is an animation series on um, Nickelodeon and uh, Channel 5. And Olive is like an ostrich. Yeah. She, she, she I got that from the title. <laughs> 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 I thought it was either an ostrich called Olive or an olive yeah. called ostrich. So that was, that was, there were two things I was going for. Um... <laughs> I'm not used to humour at my expense. It's, uh, <laughs> it's not nice being on the other side. It is not. It is nice. I'm feeling what Michael McIntyre might feel. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, well, she when she uh, sticks her head in the ground, she goes down and down and down, and then she pops up and she has an adventure. Wow. Um, but they, they actually record... The, the reason behind that I'm doing it is they recorded two series of it, a series and a half, I've gone out, but the narrator uh, is um, Rolf Harris. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, innocent until proven guilty and all that. But um, <laughs> and so they had to stop broadcasting it. And then I, I just, I just, uh, my voiceover agent just asked me if you know, I auditioned for it. They, had, they get really, you know, they felt I, there was a load of people who went up for it, but they felt that I was doing, I was bringing something really interesting to Olive. Yeah. And um, so they gave me the job, and I had to record 104 episodes of wow. re-record. And also, you know, and usually when you do animation, you do the voice first, and then they animate to your voice. But obviously, I had to fit in where uh, Rolf. Yeah. Was and occasionally not everywhere. No. <laughs> 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 the internet is still subject to the laws of. So, but occasionally I would hear the, the Rolf would come through in my cans. You know, this kind of voice of you know, kind of. Help me! I've, <laughs> I've been destroyed. You are. And so that's all. If the ostrich yeah, goes out every morning, I think on Nick Junior. I don't fucking know. But it's actually, I'm really, genuinely very proud of it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. So you get good stuff. Then that was, um, that was. You wouldn't have thought that would lead to. No, no, no. Uh, Nobody you else has picked up on that no. apart from you. I no, it's, I like to. I like to check people's CVs quite thoroughly, yeah, yeah, as you're yeah. about to find out. <laughs> uh, so. Uh, <laughs> Do you think uh, Princess Diana was murdered by a soldier in a tunnel? That's the, that's the new news. that I didn't read the story, but that's what the headline said. Really? Yeah. Do you think she was murdered or do you think it was an accident? I think it was... I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't give a fuck. But, uh, no, there aren't... I mean, there aren't... Cons I mean, there are conspiracies. I mean, people conspire, but then 
you kind of know, don't you? But there aren't. I mean, none of. There's never been one of them conspiracies that's ever been. You know, think one of them would have come that's out? What, that's why I'm going for the Lady Diana one because I think one's got to be. You think one's got to be true? One's got to be true at the end of it. That's the uh, most likely to be true out of all the crazy stuff that goes on. Why, why, why was the soldier killing her in a tunnel? Oh, I didn't bother reading it. <laughs> uh, I, my guess, I'm guessing at the orders of Prince Philip. That's my guess. It's just my guess. That, if I had to guess, that's what I would guess because she was quite an annoying lady. Uh, people, people have forgotten. Uh, so <laughs> They wanted to boost her profile and make her seem nicer and they thought the best way of doing that was to kill her. I think, that, I think she might have done it herself. Uh, so that's my conspiracy theory. It's like a Roald Dahl story. Might have to edit all that out. Uh, and so, and the, well, actually, recently, this is the thing I wanted to talk about you because I, this had come up quite recently about the, something I didn't know about you, that you'd gone to America. I knew you'd done, like, films in America, but I did not know you'd been in a Golden Girls spin-off uh, <laughs> called The Golden Palace. Yeah. And uh, Mitch uh, Hurwitz, who's is he the guy from... Uh, He's the guy Arrested who created Development. Arrested Development. Yeah, yeah. who wrote on, yeah. on this... On this uh, short-lived uh, yeah. spin-off from the Golden yeah. Girls shorter-lived for you yeah, as short-lived said, for me and uh, said yeah. that you were sacked because they thought you weren't funny and then you did the pilot and you were funny but it was too late because they'd sacked you is that c- accurate? yeah I got, he said I got a standing ovation and then they sacked me anyway um, <laughs> yeah it was when B. Arthur left the Golden Girls I effectively replaced her <laughs> <laughs> it was difficult and to find anyone as masculine as her yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, you were the best so the three other old crones uh, <laughs> bought a hotel in Miami God knows how, how and I was the wacky East European chef but it was really interesting because I mean it was there was like a it was a troubled series but they, I mean on the f- like on the first day there was there was like an or- there was uh, the cast was the, the crones and then there was a an orphan <laughs> kid who'd been living there right. like called Jody like this cute orphan kid and he like didn't make it to like day three of rehearsal <laughs> and uh, I'm like where's Jody man and he's like oh Jody gone man you know like Jody <laughs> Jody be fired and there was the sassy young black receptionist and that reception guy that bl- receptionist although he doesn't uh, uh, he, I'm sure he wouldn't admit to it now as it was was Don Cheadle yeah I saw the little Don clip Don Cheadle yeah <laughs> um, so yeah I recorded I mean it was yeah, you know, I wouldn't. I mean, it was that I became, you know, I, having made movies and stuff in Los Angeles in Hollywood, I, you know, I became seduced by that whole, you know, the idea of being big in America. Yeah. So that that, and and I, you know, something like the Golden Girls, I would never have considered doing in uh, in Britain. You know, but I thought, well, I could do it in America. And then those days, of course, nobody knew. Yeah. You know, you could do shit like, you know, you could do. You know, I could do, um, you know, adverts for the kind of, you know, Korean National Party, you know, just <laughs> whatever, you know, you know, uh, I, you know, I could advertise whatever shit I wanted abroad because uh, nobody ever knew, because now it all bounces, you know, it all comes back. And not that I did, but uh, I meant to say Korean Nazi Party. <laughs> I, I got they both fun, it depends which Korea we're talking about. Yeah. Um, so, you know, my fault in a way for doing it in the first place. Uh, but yeah, they, you know, they. I mean, it's very nice of Mitch Hurwitz to say, and he, you know, he, he went on and on about it for some reason yeah. at, at, in Montreal. I don't know why. I, mean, I always sort of think, well, what fucking good is that to me now? You know, <laughs> I mean, like, 
what, you know, can you give me a fucking part in the rest of development then? You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> but they didn't. You didn't get on very well with the clearly with the uh, with the other stars. No, what and I was. You did, like, was there some tomato? I read yeah, something about like some tomatoes. tomatoes. <laughs> yeah, um, you had to. Rue McLanahan uh, had um, an allotment, and you used to find on the doorstep of your, of your cabana, your your, your, um, your you know your dressing room kind of thing, uh, a big a big uh, bag of tomatoes every morning and you had to say rue those tomatoes <laughs> <laughs> I made a salad with a rugular and you know and I just said oh, fuck it I'm in the hotel threw them away <laughs> do you think we've got to the bottom of why you were sacked from there <laughs> well I did a bit sort of I was so conflicted about doing it that I would, most of the day I would be well behaved but then just suddenly it would kind of break out in a kind of Tourette's like you yeah. know so how are you fuck bastard 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 <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah I'll have a coffee yeah. <laughs> you're lucky though because you escaped the curse of the golden girls that would if you'd been in that they've all apart from Betty White they've all and she's still alive yeah, yeah. they've all died they all died they all died one year after the next it was quite spooky really? yeah and then Betty they were White. very old they I were mean, very uh, old that was that was part of the problem uh, what, what was the old the oldest one uh, Estelle Getty. Estelle Getty. When um, she was starting to lose it, <laughs> you're a big fan of the show. Yeah, massive fan. I'm a, I'm a big fan of Stop or My Mum Will Shoot. That's uh, yeah. why. That's why. That's why. <laughs> I'm on fire today. I can remember everything. I'm like Wikipedia. What's going on? Um, yeah, she, she was starting to lose her mind even then, and the, all the she had like in the kitchen, she had like these rubber. Um, you know, like very quite convincing, like peppers and stuff. And their lines were taped oh to the, to the, to the yeah. and they opened every cupboard and uh, to be like a script in there. In massive like letters. Yeah, yeah. And so that was a bit. And they used that god, the god phone there. That the director doesn't come down onto the floor, you know. So okay. there's this voice going, "Roll, you learn your lines." This poor old eight-year-old woman, and there's this fucking voice shouting at her over so <laughs> they, and they fired me on my 40th birthday it was actually my 40th birthday oh. oh no no it's my fault for you know my fault it is kind of interesting I was surprised to hear about it because it, it seemed like a, a, a different interesting choice and a weird choice for yeah. you to make but it was was it just part of that you were doing I guess uh, Indiana Jones and stuff around about yeah, that time so yeah, you, were, you were in Hollywood and yeah yeah pushing in that direction yeah and so they they said come in and audition and stuff like that yeah but it was I mean it is I mean it is I mean I think I'm lucky that you know this air of kind of this air of respect that attaches to me that I'm somebody who's never made a mistake it's not true <laughs> <laughs> that I'm somebody who's never said that it's not true it's just that all the things I've ever kind of made a mistake in I've always been tremendous flops, <laughs> <laughs> so nobody has ever noticed. I, was, I did a podcast with Julian Clary, uh, and we were reminiscing about. I mean, another. I did. Me and him were in Carry On Columbus. Yeah, yeah. I was, I was gonna, I, believe me, I was going to talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> I preempted. He did. I'm glad you brought it up. But that was a thing where you know, there's always a barometer. If you work, certainly if you're working on a movie, that there's a there's a correlation between how much fun you're having and how how shit the film is going <laughs> right. to be. You know? If you're having a terrible time, then there's a good chance the film's going to be really good. But we was just had the greatest time on yeah. Carry On Columbus, and we were often drunk, and um, <laughs> I spent a lot of time talking to Bernard Cribbins about firearms. Is <laughs> <laughs> it a specialist subject of his? Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. We both, uh, we, you know, um, not you know. I, I used to do a lot. 
target shooting and stuff. No. And um, what did Bernard Cribbins used to shoot? I think he <laughs> was. Uh, I think he was more dubious. Yeah, I think he shot. No, um, no. But we had a good old chat about you know three oh three bolt action. You he know, didn't shoot wombles, did he? That would be a terrible, <laughs> terrible, terrible. When that comes out in Operation Utree, Bernard Cribbins <laughs> killed Orinoco <laughs> after bumming him in a bike on <laughs> making good use of the things that we find. So um, <laughs> it was quite uh, it was quite a bold decision. Um, to take on the Carry On films, I think it was. Yeah, well, I, I was guess everyone was flying high. There was it was coming out of the comic strip and stuff, and it's Peter Richardson. Yeah, I suppose so. I mean, it's. Um, I mean, I always hated the uh, Carry On films, so I don't. Re I really don't know why I was in it, apart, <laughs> from, apart from the money. But it's something I reflect. I mean, you know, I, I, it's that. I mean. It's that I that thing now that you get like with like, I guess with you it's like Stuart and that where you don't do, you know you only do things that are more or less ethical. I don't know about he does. I don't know about you. But uh, <laughs> I don't get I don't get I don't get asked for it. But there's that. <laughs> and I sometimes say, well, I wonder if you know I was by and large and I've never done anything that I was ashamed of as a, as a comic or as a as an author. But in terms of being an actor or you know. Um, some of the other stuff I've done, that, that, that I sort of think, well, I wonder now, you know, what it would have been like if I hadn't done that stuff, if I'd stuck a bit, you know, and, and I, I didn't, you know, I didn't sort of care. It was, I mean, just just something I'm meditating on, but to, to maintain that kind of ruthlessly ethical kind yeah. of thing. You know, yeah, I think so it does work differently as an actor because you, you know, unless you're writing your own parts and you're in complete yeah. control of, you are taking on someone else's work. And also, just things change. You can get a script and go, this is great, and then you go in and they've changed the script and yeah. they've changed the director, and it's not up to you how the actual it film turns out. It can be, yeah. But I could have told you that Carry On Columbus wasn't going to work out. Uh, <laughs> 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 if you'd rung me up in Cheddar, yeah. in yeah. <laughs> whenever well, it was, Rich, I, mean, I wish I had. I know you're a big fan of the young ones and stuff, so yeah. Uh, yeah. do you but let me know it, about this? I think there's also that thing that you get, you know, there's. A, there's that thing that when you're being a pioneer, when you're the first of a certain kind, you know, like we, all my generation were, then you do, you know, you make the mistakes and I think that other people, yeah. I, I did carry on Columbus so you wouldn't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, so, so you could avoid that terrible fate. <laughs> that's, you know. that's very kind of you. Uh, <laughs> Thank you very much. Yeah. Uh, and uh, you got stuff which was an amazing uh, series. Uh, really enjoyable which I think kind of got it sort of got buried a little I mean you did a lot of them but it got buried away in England a little bit in the UK a little uh, bit I did I mean it it, um, it, it yeah it got all the I mean the first series got all the awards you know yeah. Broadcast Press Guild uh, Society Writers you know got, yeah. I think everything apart and the, uh, apart from um, uh, apart from a bathroom I think which it did yeah. but um, yeah I sort of think well then I mean, I'm not a self-publicist, I think. So, um, you know, it's... Uh, <coughs> I mean, that, that's the sort... I mean, that's a choice you make, I think. If I... If stuff would have been more remembered if I'd kind of made myself more of a kind of cartoon character, I think, in a sense, Maybe. if I'd pushed myself. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, and it is... I mean, it is a, a brilliant show. I mean, and, 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 and phenomenal writers, and, you know, David Rennick and Andrew Marshall. Um, and then similarly with the all new Lexi Sales show, which was, you know, uh, Graham Lynn and yeah. Arthur Matthews. Uh, and, um, you know, and it used to get amazing viewing figures. I mean, we used to get five or six million viewers. Yeah. That was partly because um, 
we went on after, after Top Gear. And, <laughs> and this was really before remote controls. So, like, the Top Gear viewers, oh, fuck. <laughs> they just they couldn't be arse changing the channel, really. So we used to get, we used to get phenomenal uh, uh, viewing figures, you know. But, um, I think, it, I mean, I do... I do I do think it is a sort of an... I mean, I, I suppose it, in a sense, it is also my... Um, you know, it, that's my fate, in a way, that because... then this is, you know, bigging myself up, obviously, but because what I do is, you know, often difficult and complex and, um, you know, doesn't quite fit into any category, then I think that my work, to some extent, gets slightly disregarded. Like all these fucking reviews say, like like I get. I mean, this is this is real moaning. This is extraordinary. <laughs> <laughs> this is self pity on a on a monumental scale. So I don't I don't feel you shouldn't feel sorry for me for this whining that's coming next. But all the fucking all the fucking reviews that like say you know brilliant and like you know redefines comedy again. But they still I only get four fucking stars. <laughs> <laughs> and like this gimpy McPherson, you know, I'm, a man in a carrier bag. <laughs> down in Leith and he gets four fucking stars well I'm better than Gimpy McPherson <laughs> you know what I mean have you seen him he is good <laughs> <laughs> he's not I'm amazed he didn't get five <laughs> I sort of think I don't think, but I, think I don't I mean this is I say this is monumental well it's, it's what you know but all comedians are like this and for years I came up and did years and years of shows before I ever got a five star review and it really Fuck me off! But the longer you come here, the more difficult it is to get five stars because it's I like you've got to be—it's yeah. got to be as good as—and for you, it's got to be as good as what people remember, how good people remember you even yeah. being, and then not even remembering this the yeah. legend of yeah. <laughs> something they've heard about. Yeah. So it, it, it yeah. is—it is really difficult. But I think we all, you know, I think that's a human thing to feel that. Is it true that you didn't know you'd won an Emmy for <laughs> stuff? Is that a it, true story? Yeah, my wife's mother was watching uh, when Channel 4 had a news programme in the mornings and she rang us up and said, and they'd sent Benny Hill to uh, yeah. pick it up. That's unbelievable. <laughs> <laughs> it's like really at rubbing the salt into yeah. the Yeah. <laughs> On the basis that uh, we were all mates, you know. Um, and I never had, I never knew Benny Hill. I'm sure he would have been Operation Nutrient. <laughs> I'm sure if he was still alive, he'd be fucking uh, with a tug from the police. So, um, uh, but yeah, the, 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 the BBC hadn't. I mean, there was, I think, I don't know if that came before. They did. I was, I, I was, I got the bronze rose of Montreux. And then a couple of days later, you, if you get the silver or something, they, um, you, you can then, if the, so they, they, they flew me out when they knew I got the bronze. They flew me out to Montreux to lobby. Uh, so that I would get the gold because basically I was up for the gold. Right. And um, I, you know, my, by flying me out there, I really scuppered all chances. Of, uh, <laughs> I really so resolutely, and I was actually done out of it by an undercover priest. Uh, <laughs> he worked for. He was this Irish guy in plain clothes from uh, Vatican TV. <laughs> and uh, we were having dinner, and I was like being smooth. Oh, that must be so great being a priest, you know. That's like. And he said, "You're not, you know, you're not getting the golden rose." And I said, "Why?" He said, "Well, I'm going to because he was on the committee." He said, "Because of those things you said about the Pope." 
<laughs> and I don't know what it was. I said, oh, no, well, I know. I can't remember. What, I, I know I, I was banned from the Olympia Theatre in Dublin because of things I said about the Pope as well. So I'm, I obviously said things about the Pope. <laughs> <laughs> but this priest said to me, uh, he said, you know, I'm going to make sure you don't get the Golden Rose wow. because of what you said about the priest. Uh, the Pope. Yeah. Which I'm sure is. It goes very deep, the uh, Roman Catholic. Well, it is. It's, uh, it's Dan Brown, isn't it, really? Yeah, it's, it uh, is. It's, uh, it's a conspiracy. In a way, this is worse than all the other stuff they've been accused of. I'm assuming this is going to be headline news tomorrow. This is <laughs> it's on a par, I think. <laughs> I mean, again, call me kind of narcissistic, but... Um, <laughs> My wife was shouting at me. We went to the, the uh, art, uh, modern art gallery this morning, and uh, there's like a huge list of names up there on the wall. And I said, oh, she said, what are you doing? I said, I'm looking for my name. <laughs> and she said, have you ever given any money to this art gallery? And I said, no. But I just thought it might be there. <laughs> and I think, you know, because it wasn't in alphabetical order. <laughs> <laughs> She said, you're such a fucking narcissist. I mean, you really are. It's me day off. I've not got a show tonight. So she's been so fucking horrible all day <laughs> because I haven't got a show. They're allowed to be horrible on the yeah. days you don't have a show. Yeah, that's, yeah, the, that's the yeah. punishment for how yeah. we... But I was genuinely looking for me name. I thought, <laughs> I'll probably be in there somewhere. <laughs> you're going to be very, you're going to be a nightmare on the day the uh, award nominations come out because you're not going to be nominated for no, the awards because you're not, I'm, you're not uh, eligible. No. But I still, I'm, not I'm not eligible and I still get annoyed that yeah, I'm nominated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, why am I not nominated? Oh, yes, mm. it was because they didn't come and see the show. Uh, part, and, you know, part, but that doesn't excuse it. Does it, it does not excuse no. it. They should, they no. should be I still think, like, yeah, some of the shitty movies I've done that they're still going to be nominated for a surprise Oscar. <laughs> 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 you never know. You never yeah. know. Charlie Chaplin got an honorary Oscar, yeah. so yeah. there's no reason Carry On Columbus can't. No. <laughs> that one for everyone in the yeah. cast. <laughs> we've all, in we've all reassessed our opinion and it's... Yeah. It could happen, it could yeah. happen. So you've returned to stand-up uh, after a little layoff from doing it, thank, partly thanks to Stuart Lee. Is that the fair? The return, yeah. yeah, rather than laying off. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, no, I did a gig with uh, Stuart, asked me to do uh, this thing called The Last of 1981 show that he was curating on the South Bank. And, uh, yeah, I, you know, it was just people, random, but people who were performing in 1981. And I... I um, just I, I what I did was I extracted some stuff that I've been doing in book readings really and yeah. um, went out on stage and it was like it was like dying because I walked into this bright light and was overwhelmed with this kind of warm sense of serenity and affection, you know. Yeah. All my pets were in the front <laughs> row. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it just uh, I just thought, oh this could um, yeah, maybe this could you know could do this again, yeah. really, and so that, that was the start of it, yeah. And are you enjoying coming back to it? <laughs> <laughs> I say I don't hate it as much as I used to. I would go, <laughs> I would go that far. It's a, it's a fucking, I mean, it's a, it's a complex business doing stand-up, really, and I, I, I feel, um, yeah, I mean, it's it, and it's a complex business. I think, re, you know, if you care about if you care about what you do, it's it's a kind of it's a it's a complex business reintroducing yourself after having been away for seventeen years. Really, it, it's um, uh, and I'm still, in a sense, still a, a kind of dilettante. You know, I mean, it's um, 
Yeah, I mean, I think what the, the show, yeah, what I'm doing is, is fantastic. I mean, it, it, it has essentially fallen to me to reinvent comedy again. <laughs> <laughs> Not just having to do it once, but twice. And frankly, can't somebody else do it? But um, I am being forced to do it again. So the show is, you know, is, 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 is terrific and stuff. But it is... There is, um, and completely sold out, so what the fuck am I are doing? You, are, this you gonna be, <laughs> are you going to be touring it? You can tour yeah, it. I'm sure, yeah, that's true. Yeah, I'm touring, yeah. Okay. I've got a tour that starts in about six weeks. Right. In fact, I'm doing 22 dates. Yeah, and that's uh, probably far from sold out. So, um, yeah, please. Come it's four, it's a four-star show. Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> exactly. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> four stars. <laughs> I mean, they sh I, sh I should get seven stars. I mean, there should be a different, or like a different system. Like, it should be like, not stars, but planets. Or <laughs> so we take it as red, you've got five, and any extra ones you get are then on top of the five. So it's actually oh, okay. nine stars. Good, yeah. it's Alexis Sale is the five-star <laughs> barrier, and then yeah. he can break through it himself. Yeah. And, um, so, yeah, I got this long tour, and that's... Yeah, um, uh, yeah no, it's... it's um, yeah, no, I mean, it is, it's, it's, I mean, I think I'm very, very um, pleased with what I've been doing. I do, th I do think it works terribly well. And it, but the other thing is just being 61, you know, it's just fucking, especially the energy that I put into it. It's just those physical limitations on you, you know, that, and then in, in a sense, almost a, a kind of hormonal thing that that, you know, that, that part of your life when you are, um, you know, building things, you know, competing, yeah. actually stops, I think. There's a kind of switch that kind of goes uh, off in, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a person's head where suddenly that all that striving that you did just seems kind of idiotic. And yeah. so, you know, that drive to be the biggest, the best, you know, to do, you know, actually kind of goes a bit. So you, yeah. have, to, you have to navigate your way around that, I think. And uh, you've been quite outspoken about Ben Elton in, in the <laughs> past. <laughs> Were you delighted yeah. with the reaction to The Right Way? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> as, as I say in the show, it gives me no pleasure. <laughs> it gives me no Well, you could see, I tell that story about uh, Ben. I mean, some reviewers earlier on saw it as actually him getting his own back on me, in a sense. And it, I think it does make me, I mean, I, in a sense, come out of that worse because I, I, I just to do it quickly, I just realised, I used to say shitty things about Ben in, uh, in in interviews and stuff and I came to realise that that was a kind of it was wrong you know psychologically wrong and, and, and just it was just wrong it made me look sour and so I formally apologised to him at the party and then he invited me to the to the opening night of his um, Rod Stewart musical <laughs> a very gracious thing for him to do but then of course the musical is shit <laughs> so I then it's, it's, about, it's a story about kind of failed reconciliation in a sense because cause, and then, then he fucked well like again he, uh, he fucks me on the after show party because um, the after show party there's like red wristbands and I've got like a, a black wristband and, and um uh, I'm showing. You know, I think I'm, you know, like celebrity enclosure. I'm shown into a cupboard, <laughs> in which they're all, you know, there's waiting like Lembit Opic, you know. <laughs> and, and there was there was gold wristbands, and I saw through the door of our cupboard. And this was, you know, um, <laughs> Richard Curtis and Rowan Atkinson and Emma Thompson and Robert Coltrane. You know, been people I knew, 
being shown into this room done out like a kind of Greek temple, you know. So, but then Linda said, well, it probably wasn't him. My wife says, it's not him, it's his manager, because nearly everybody in that room you will have insulted. <laughs> so what the fuck do you expect? It's good of him to even give you the, put you in the cupboard with Lembit Oakley, really. So, Did you manage to insult Lembit Oakley when you were in the no, cupboard? No, well, it wasn't. I, I, I say Lembit Oakley in the show. It was actually Rob Brydon. Uh, <laughs> Before he was famous, right. if you can remember such a kind of <laughs> yeah. prehistoric. But it was Rob Bride and, and like the saxophone player out of Madness or something before. <laughs> I mean, again, in their kind of doldrum years, you know. And, um, uh, and I think Sven Goran Eriksson. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, uh, you know, um, I forgot what was the <laughs> Whether you insulted Lembit, but that's no, 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 no. I was, I was well behaved, you know. I mean, I, you know, but it was. A, I mean, it is. It's a story, in a, I mean, I am a bit. I, I mean, I saw. I mean, it's an interesting case study, Ben, because I mean, we always felt that you know that he. We used to call him Lord Elton the comedy, really, when he turned up. Uh, uh, you know, the, early on in the comedy store, the comic strip, that he clearly was tremendously am, ambitious. And um, you know he he's been immensely successful. I mean, infinitely more. He's done more books, you know, written more successful TV series than I will ever do. And, and, you yeah. know, so the thing is, if you don't that, ever you know. do a second draft of anything, you can get through a lot of stuff. Well, there is that, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then he's also he's an interesting object lesson in. In, in how if you fail to adapt, even if you at one point had the Midas touch, which he clearly did, that yeah. all his books and, you know, fucking TV series were like mega. And now he can't, because he can never admit that anything he ever did was wrong, because as you say, everything's first draft kind of thing. He can't, he can't he's got no flex to him at all. And so he's, he's, he's doing the same thing now. But the times have changed. Yeah. It's, it, it, I mean, it's, it, it's, I mean, it is a, a fantastic op, op, object lesson in, in, in about, you know, about what the artist has to do to stay relevant, to adapt. You know, yeah. and what Ben cannot do is is adapt. And I, in a sense, I, f I think because what drives him more than anything else is a, is a desire for popularity, is a desire for success. Then he must be. Very unhappy. I mean, he will explain it in some way that he will say to critics, or you know, he'll he'll yeah. find a way to argue it away. But um, you know, it, I, I mean, what's always fascinated me more than always, even when I was a kid or when I was young, was not comedians. I never listened to comedians' material, but what always fascinated me was their lives and the mistakes they made. You know, yeah. when you could see, like, with Hancock getting rid of all his sidekicks, that you know he was making a mistake, and that's always. I mean, and, and it's an, again, it's an object lesson in what it. What, the true meaning of being an artist, really, is that, and, and the I mean, Ben isn't, and, um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, but he's also failed to adapt, even as a, as a, as a, as a populist, he's failed to adapt, and now yeah. it's, it's completely gone away from him, you know, it's, I think it's fascinating, kind of, a object, I mean, it's Greek, Tragedy. It is, but it's very nice. As a, <laughs> well, as a comedy fan, you know, and especially that you, that era of comedy and Ben and you and the young ones, and it was for someone of my age, that was, you know, that was it. That was the kind of crucible in which everything else formed for me because it was that, that was the, yeah. I can't believe this show. And they, something like that came along so rarely in those. I was talking to John Lloyd about Not Nine O'Clock News, which was a, the previous one before yeah. that, but then the young ones even through 
that out really and was yeah. a completely different thing yeah. so you know for for someone like I think that's why for someone like Stu and myself that when someone like Ben Elton goes on and does something horrific it's <laughs> much more painful uh, it's, it's, talk, it's talking about sort of Mel Smith with, with uh, John Lloyd who I kind of went off a bit after Nine O'Clock News with what he did but <laughs> yeah. then actually yeah. when he died and then you see Nine O'Clock News again you go oh I felt really painfully hurt by his yeah. death even yeah. though I kind of felt he'd taken a different course than I'd wanted I'm not sure the same would happen to Ben Elton. <laughs> <laughs> hopefully, hopefully, I'll predecease him, and we'll, I'll never have to find out whether I just go. Oh, good. I've met him. He's a nice. He's a very, very nice guy. He's a, he's a, he's a, he's a, yeah, he's a sweet guy to your no, face. Although not. I think he then to your face. We met him in. Uh, funny enough, we met him in Montreal, and uh, and uh, we we said yeah. something about him in Time Out about how he, he wrote routines about. Chocolate machines not working on the tube. Oh, we that could, was you. We couldn't it? believe yeah, he'd yeah, ever yeah. been on the tube, and that chocolate yeah. machines do work on the tube. But he said he'd never done stuff like that. He wrote in, and yeah. then we we discussed that, and it was fine. I had a nice evening talking to him. And I talked to him about the young ones, and he seemed very nice. And then he wrote a book with a double act in it called That's something like uh, Fish and Stick or something <laughs> like that. <laughs> it was sort of so there was obviously based. It was there was a, based on our manager. It was based on maybe uh, Fielding and uh, the Mighty Boosh and, yeah. and us a bit. But it was he then wrote this kind of really diatribe about rubbish new comedy. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, you might you might. I'd be right. <laughs> <laughs> but I did a gig with him at the. I've said so many bad things with him, and the, but he works with. I, I do a lot of work with Scope, and then he did this gig for Scope where he right. was hosting it. Where he was really the wrong choice of MC because they had lots of great new comedians on there. <laughs> and, he, and he was back. Well, he was backstage going. He would go and do quite old stuff. Yeah, you know his dishwasher. Yeah. Stacking based material that he seems obsessed with, yeah. uh, and, uh, and you know, then it, people would come on and he'd go, "Oh my god, you know, these everyone's incredible. I can't believe how good everyone yeah, is." Yeah, yeah. But it was, sort of, it was sort of odd to see him even in that context. But again, where you've stayed, maybe interested in, yeah, the, well, in yeah, the world. I mean, I'm interested in the way. I mean, I, and I've, you know, I mean, what what I'm doing now bears no relation to what I was doing before. You right. know, um, and I, I mean, again, I mean, that is a trap that, you know, I mean, again, that is another trap for the artist. I mean, you see it in the visual arts all the time that, you know, you do something that is successful and then you, you know, the temptation in a way is to endlessly uh, reproduce that. But mm -hmm. the great, you know, the great artists. Picasso, for instance. <laughs> <laughs> or me. Um, <laughs> Reinvent themselves, you know, ditch what they did before yeah. and, and start again, really. Yeah. Yeah. And if you had to fellate the actor Keith <laughs> Allen, if you had, what would it take for you to, to do that if you had to? Well, I nearly had to. Had to. Is that why you're saying No, that? it is. Like, it's a question I ask everyone. Oh, well, really? I I've, I've, I've uh, retired it, but I thought I'd bring it out. No, well, I, I, so was, I was actually faced with that, uh, with that possibility. No, good. because... Thank, at last! <laughs> at last this question comes good. No, I was... <laughs> what did it take to make you do it? Well, it never... <laughs> never when happened. in an early... Um, when um, uh, uh, Stephen... I forgot his name. Uh, the film director made Prick Up Your Ears. Oh, uh, Frears. Stephen Frears, yeah. An early... I'm on uh, fire today! <laughs> <laughs> Stephen Frears made Prick Up Your Ears, which was the story of Joe Walton, and in the end, he cast Gary Oldman and uh, Fred Molina. Yep. And um, but an early option that he was going for was um, Keith as Joe Orton Wow. And me as uh, as Halliwell, the right. guy, that is his, his lover who murders him. And so, I was faced with the very real possibility <laughs> of, of at least having to kiss. Yeah, Keith Allen. He's very method, Keith Allen. Yeah, so no, well, well, you know, <laughs> we, yeah, and at least simulate probably. Yeah, uh, about, I can't remember. It was, it was fallacious. 
you know, in it. But probably I was. would have had to. Yeah, we would have had to. You know, do. We would have had to hold hands at the very least. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I think there's worse people. You ask me what I what I take. To what would you need to in return to do that? To oh, um, uh, a homeland for the Palestinian people. <laughs> 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 But, you know, they I mean, feel yeah, a viable state, uh, <laughs> a viable state with its own military, yeah. and uh, but they'd know. feel so dirty living in it when they knew <laughs> what it had taken. <laughs> they wouldn't be able to enjoy it. They'd be there going, "Oh, but yeah, what Alexi had to do yeah. to get us this." <laughs> the West Bank Hamas wouldn't accept it with the Gaza. <laughs> they go, "Fuck no, I'm not." <laughs> Man gives blood up, no. <laughs> <laughs> They'd hold out, but I think the West Bank, you know, the Palestinians, they'd, they'd accept my sacrifice. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah. And you're currently, un- you're still under a fatwa, I understand. You, um, I don't, am I? Well, that's what, according to Wikipedia. And I almost changed that. I don't know. I, I, <laughs> I, I take no interest. I, I don't know. There was, um, was that from the Syrian cleric? That I don't, it's just, yeah, some, some obscure cleric it was. It? I did, didn't give much information. Uh, that's why I, was I don't know. I, I don't know what the. Uh, I th- they're they're kind of like Tesco's vouchers, aren't they? Uh, Fatwas. <laughs> they uh, <laughs> they, uh, they expire after uh, a certain amount of time. <laughs> <laughs> they so like I to think they do. That uh, puts yeah, you at your ease. I, I guess it's been lifted. Yeah. I won't ask you what you said because then if you say it again, it will just start up again. I can't even <laughs> well, it was. I can. I mean, again, I can work. I mean, it is. I don't. Um, you know. I mean, I have. Uh, I think it was because I'd done a documentary in Syria and being rude about um, uh, Hafez Assad, uh, Bashir's father. Then, then it was. I mean, it was talking about conspiracies. I think it was a. Uh, I think he was put up to it by uh, the. I mean, why they fucking cared? But I, I did get a certain amount of shit, which was clearly uh, generated by the Syrian, uh, right. the the Syrian uh, secret police, and so um, there was a couple of things that happened, and um, uh, so I mean, that g- makes me feel I can uh, be incredibly pompous about uh, uh, Middle Eastern affairs, really, because uh, you know people often say about like lefties like me, you know, I mean anti-Zionists, you know, they, well, you know, would you, you know, uh, you know, you support. Um, you know, you ignore like the massacres in Syria or whatever. You know, while criticizing Israel, I say, look, I have been a victim of the Syrian <laughs> secret service. You know, I have been, I have, I have been, uh, you know, um, set up by the Muhabbarats. So, um, uh, it makes me feel, you know, I've done something. Um, uh, but I, I imagine that cleric has kind of got his hands full at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> if he's still alive. <laughs> he's still going. Yeah. This is really fascinating stuff. We're going to have to break off quickly for a, um, a five minutes of stand-up. So not from you, though, Alexis. So you can you can have a little break. Uh, so give a, a round of applause to Alexis Hale. He'll be back. He'll be back. Get off. Get off, Alexis Hale. I never dreamt I'd say that. Get off. Fuck off. We've got a fantastic stand-up. He's only doing uh, two shows in Edinburgh. I think they're both sold out, but uh, you might have seen him on Stuart Lee's, whatever that shitty programme he does is. (laughs) Will you please welcome David Kaye? Oh, yes. Hello, fans. (laughs) Thanks for clapping. That was awfully good. I liked it. I heard you were clapping good. It was good, I, I was enjoying that. 
Sam, I, I suppose what I should say at this point is that if you haven't seen me before, uh, this is what I look like. <laughs> it's, uh, it's me, but I've, I've been watching. It's 2013, you know, and a lot of folk are thinking, nothing's happening that's good in 2013. We just have to hurry up and get by with 2013. There's nothing going on. Nothing's interesting in 2013. You know, because in the Olympics last year, that, that was so inspiring, you know, and it, it, it inspired a generation. And, you know, I know that I'm more inspired than I used to be. Uh, <laughs> I've become awfully inspired and, you know, I'm in, oh, what's happening in 2013? None. Oh, that's no very good. Oh, no. Oh, I don't, this inspiration might keep going, but I don't know, I need something else. And uh, in 2014, there's loads going on again, you know, there's the Commonwealth Games, and then there's the Ryder Cup, and there's, there's a referendum, although if you come to the fringe next year, you might not realise it's happening. <laughs> but but I, I, I just think that there should be more in standard. I was watching Andy Murray, you know, and one of the things he does is he does that wee punch, you know. Oh, he's done a good shot, he does a wee punch, that was good. Aye, that's, that's what I'm supposed to do again, I'd forgotten that. Hit it out of the net, another guy's note, he hit it back to me. Aye, he didn't he good. And uh, I, I just think there should be made of that in stand-up, you know. You don't see that very often. No, you don't. You don't see a stand-up telling a routine and then it's maybe no going anywhere at all. And then there's a laugh in it, and he goes, oh, that was good. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, so I, I've started doing that. I've started doing it. Because one of the things critics were saying is that I, I just wasn't showing enough emotion on stage. <laughs> and then I started that, oh, it's awfully good. It means something to him. Oh, this gig <laughs> means something to him. That's good. But I, I'm not sure if any of you meet scones. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't know. But you might be meeting scones and you've suddenly realised you've forgotten to preheat the oven now. It can happen to anybody. You, uh, you know, don't be hard on yourself. You just switch off for a second and you find yourself in that situation. And, uh, 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 if I can say one thing to you, it would be don't panic. You know? <laughs> That's the worst thing you can do because you might think, I'll get away with it. You'll never get away with it. No, no way because you see the scones, no. And if you've no preheated oven, the lucky's no preheated this oven. Oh no, we're not doing anything in here. Oh no, we're going to look exactly like we did when we went in here. So uh, you've really got to preheat the oven. And my advice to you would be if you find yourself in that position, just take a step back and uh, calm yourself down. You can get through it. And oh, the obvious thing when you think about it is just to start preheating the oven then. Uh, because if you think about it, the scone mixers get no idea when you, when you started preheating oven. Uh, they only know whether it's hot or cold. And the, the, the only reason this wouldn't work is if you've been daft enough uh, to use a glass bowl. Uh, uh, 
in, in, in which case the scone mix is kind of seen what you've been up to. The <laughs> <laughs> hell time. But I, I, <laughs> we, had the, we had the Jubilee last year. I don't know if any of you watched it. I, I caught a wee bit of it. I did. I caught a wee bit of it. And the Queen wasn't looking that happy. Oh, no, she wasn't that happy. And, and the reason for that was... Uh, when they went up to us, they said, you can do anything you like for your jubilee. You know, anything you like at all. It's your day. It's your birthday or something. Uh, <laughs> anything you like. And what she said, oh, that sounds good. You know, what I'd really like to do is one would really like to stay in one's house with one once they own. And I, I get that excited saying that line that I kind of fluffed it up a wee bit. That's... Uh, <laughs> Uh, and then they said, no, you can't do that. You're going to have to come out and wave at boats. <laughs> uh, and she said, well, I'll come out for 20 minutes or so, but then I'm getting back in the house. And they said, no, you'll have to be there longer. Oh, no, I'll have to be out a few hours now. And then it started raining. She knew it was going to be raining. She'd looked at the 24-hour forecast, you know, the, uh, she knew it was going to be raining. She said, I'm no stunning in the river bank. And then they said, you are so. <laughs> uh, that's, she, she gets a hard time. Eh? But I, I think the independent thing's quite interesting because we need a deep and meaningful debate. That's what we need. I was thinking, no, that sounds good. I'm up for that. And uh, uh, the, the, the important question's suddenly been asked. And I, I'm just thinking, you know, where is Nessie? Uh, <laughs> going to live if Scotland did go independent, you know, would they stay or would she have to go somewhere else? And I know that Cameron is really keen uh, that Nessie comes to England uh, and they'll put her in like Windermere and she'll be. Uh, he seems to think that Windy has got a brand that'll work, but I, I don't know. I think the Nessie brand is stronger, but. Who knows what he'll get up to? He's a right idiot, that guy. Because <laughs> uh, they, they've they're replacing Trident, this deterrent, and I, mean, I just think there's no didn't they explore alternatives? Add an alternative, and it's basically a picture of me looking awfully annoyed. <laughs> I am looking annoyed, and basically what they do is they put it in a poster tube, and and they'd fire it out the submarine and it would go out to North Korea and it would chap the guy in the heat and they'd say, what's this? And uh, he'd open it up as long as the sellotape had stayed on uh, and kept the poster in and he'd get it out and he'd say, oh, that guy's looking annoyed. Uh, they're annoyed earlier. We better just calm down and I better behave myself. I'm no liking it. And, you know, I, I think the replacement, they spent 20 billion and then it's 50 billion and then it's 100 billion. I mean, my replacement wouldn't be as dear as that. It would maybe be 15 billion, actually. Because <laughs> the thing about it, what you've got to realise is that it takes quite a lot to get me annoyed. <laughs> <laughs> you've been awfully nice. Thanks a lot. Cheers. <laughs> David Craig, sold out. Please welcome back Alexi Sale. He's coming out. There he is. I've uh, just got one more question for you, then we'll do the quiz.
would you rather be a badger or a cow and why? Um, <laughs> <laughs> I was going to talk about the young a, ones and I thought I'd go for that instead. <laughs> rather be a badger or a or cow. A cow. Uh, a badger because you live free, don't you? Yeah. I mean, despite the the vicissitudes of you know the call and stuff, yeah. um, you're living free, and I think that that's the most valuable attribute. That <laughs> <laughs> even I got bored with that. <laughs> it was uh, good, uh, but yeah, badger. Correct answer, I think. Yeah. But uh, you know, not to dismiss all the people who said cow, but they're idiots. <laughs> they're clearly idiots. And uh, what is it like being Alexi Sale? This is the one. This is the one. This is the one. What's it like? Yeah, this is the one that, that gets people to admit stuff. Really? Yeah, this is what Stephen Fry. This is well, it wasn't. What is it like being Alexi Sale? It was what is it like being Stephen Fry? And then he went on, on crazy and told loads of secrets. Did he? Yeah. So we're hoping that'll happen now. But you've only got like two minutes, so be, just cut straight to the suicide attempts. <laughs> Is it all right? Is being that where is that where that came from? Yeah, yeah, he did. That, my, he that, did. that was where that's where that that, that story got out. It was from yeah. his, it's me. It was my brilliant, incisive, <laughs> tricking him with the badger cow. Yeah. Go one way, then bang. Yeah. Then oh, I'm a bit disorientated. I tried to kill myself. <laughs> it is like it's like you. Yeah, I mean, it is sometimes like you sort of you know like new wave fuckers. You're actually like nastier than the red top shit. <laughs> <laughs> You think you're free from moral. <laughs> you're worse, really. Yeah. You Not it's what it's right. like being Richard Herring. What is it like being Alexis? <laughs> <laughs> it's all right. It's all right. Good. It's, um, old, you know, so it's hard work. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it's all right. Um, you know. Yeah. Good. That's, not, that's probably not going to in the papers. <laughs> that's probably not going in the papers. It's all right, you know. Tomorrow's front side page of the sun. Lexi Sales says it's all right. Uh, but thank you very much. We're going to do a competition now. Some of you can win some amazing... Someone is going to win some amazing prizes, including a face mask of Prince William. <laughs> I might just give that to Alexi, because I know... He, I saw his face light up when he saw that. I wanted that. Uh, there's tickets to uh, Scott Agnews. Something's got to give. There's a Will Hodgson DVD. There's all my usual shit you can get from GoFasterStripe.com. Uh, are you doing something with GoFasterStripe? Have you been in touch with them? You should do... DVDs? No, you're not. Okay. Uh, Talking Cock, 10, and my book. And there's the uh, Bitter and Jaded thing. And there's a T-shirt, a ham hand T-shirt, made by... Um, you can get those at richtaring.cottoncart.com T-shirts.com uh, You don't need to put the T-shirts in that. That was just me carrying on reading what I'd written out. Uh, Stopper.com. Look, that's nice, isn't it? We're going to put some more designs up. It's that, this one's one is for a medium-sized lady, so let's hope a medium-sized lady... <laughs> It's unlikely with my audience, and uh, you get, uh, you get, because they're all fat men. <laughs> uh, so uh, what we need you to do is uh, everyone stand up, first of all. If you're standing up already, stay standing. Uh, we, we're going to make some statements that might be true or false. If you think they're true, put your hands on your head. If you think they're false, put your hands on your bottom. If you get it wrong, you have to sit down. Whoever stays in till the end uh, wins the lot. Um, uh, Lexi Sale was in the film Gorky Park. Is that true or false? Be a good pointless answer if it's true. But is it true or is it false? Gorky Park. Is that true or false? True. Wow, it is true. So sit down all you people. Of course he was in Gorky Park. You can be in Carry On Columbus and Gorky Park. <laughs> Do you have any statements of truth or falsehood, Alexa, you'd like to share with the audience? Or looking surprised, so probably not. <laughs> um, Alexa Sale is a 
member of a, a was an on, an, a member of a youth organization uh, in the Eastern Bloc. That's not so true much. or false? But I reckon it's true. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Is it true or false? Yeah, I was a, a young yeah, pioneer true. in the the Trutnov branch of the uh, young pioneers. It was a long way to go for meetings. Alexi Sale was in the uh, TV show Tiz Was. Is that true or false? Hands on your heavy true, hands on your bottom false. It's a pie, amazing. That was the show that really uh, made me want to get into comedy when I was four. That I think is, I mean, you might have been on it though, actually. Let's have a see. Is it true or false? It's false. It's false. You're on OTT, the follow up before. uh, And Alexi Sale left the the show OTT to go on a tour of South Africa (laughs) with the young one, with uh, the young ones. True or false? (laughs) Yeah, it's unlikely. But uh, someone's gone for true. Uh, It's false. He went to Australia with the comic strip. I know a lot of facts about you today. Have you got another one? Me. I've got another one. Oh yeah, I've got one. I've got one. You go for your one. Uh, Alexi Sale is a motoring correspondent for a right-wing newspaper. <laughs> True or false? People don't believe it of you. I don't think anyone's gone for true. Is it true or false? Uh, it's true. It is true. Yeah, that's you should never ever trust me. Still in? Someone at the back? Still in? Right Any, anyone else still in? Have we got right down to it? That's it. I think you've won. Through believing that, that, that Alexis Sale could do such a thing. Come and get your prizes at the end because there won't be time. We also, I was going to say, we also, you share something with me and Russell Brand. You, we, we all share something in common that? that we've all played Trinculo in The Tempest. Oh, isn't that lovely? Yeah, mine, yeah. Was at the Kings, mine was at the Kings of Wessex Upper School. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, and, mine was at the old Victor. Yeah, <laughs> and, and Russell Brand was in the film. But you know, it's still, people say mine was the best of the three. <laughs> So we give a massive round of applause, please, to my guest today, Alexis Sale. Fantastic, Evan. Thanks so much. David Kay as well. Give a main round of David Kay. Tomorrow we've got the guests, are Peacock and Gamble. It's a pod. It's a pod club. We'll talk about kidney stones. Thank you very much. See you. Come and come another time. Buy some stuff. Go faster. Bye. <laughs>